Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Hey, my friends, this episode today is going to discuss sexual fawning, fetishes, sexual trauma, and the notion of liberating them from our body so we can be vital, so we can experience vitality. I want to orient you toward what I'm doing, what I'm putting together to help us deepen this awareness around what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Um, Just because it's it's helpful to orient toward dates. I say them in the episode, but I realized when I was done recording it, I wanted to be more specific. So after you listen to the episode, you'll hear me talk about a three-week email series and a webinar that I'm hosting. The way this works is my three-week email series begins on Sunday, July 2nd. All you have to do to take part in that is sign up on my mailing list, which you can do in the link below this episode. So that's part one. It starts on Sunday, July 2nd, and to be part of it, you just sign up for the mailing list and you'll get it automatically. It goes for three weeks. You'll get two emails a week, And then at the end of the three weeks, on 
Wednesday, July 19th at 12 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to host a 90-minute webinar. It costs $25. Everyone who buys it will be able to download it and get a replay. And I'm going to go into this live with a virtual community of people, many of which took the three-week free series, and we're going to navigate this together. I'm going to do a demo with somebody. We're going to do some group practices. I'm going to teach you some methods, do a Q&A. And essentially, we're just going to presence this together in a small kind of virtual ceremony so we can start releasing the shame and the secrecy around our sexual traumas and start understanding not only how unfortunately common they are, but how they don't have to, they don't have to impact who we are. They don't have to be our identity. They don't speak to our worthiness. They don't speak to our brokenness or aliveness. It's something the body did to survive overwhelming experiences in response to sex and sexuality. The email series is going to dive into this. And the webinar is going to teach you and work with you in real time uh, around this, this topic. So again, the free three-week email series begins on Sunday, July 2nd. And the webinar is on Wednesday, July 19th. All that info is in the link below and the description below this episode. And you can find more on my website, as always, at holisticlifenavigation.com. So today I'm going to be speaking about sexual trauma and um, just introducing you to this free three-week email series I'm going to be um, offering in order to help us navigate the complexities around sexual trauma. And I'm going to start with this piece that I wrote that um, feels like an important place to start. When your sexuality developed in secrecy and shame, your fetish becomes secrecy and shame. This is true for anyone who had to be in the closet with their bodies or sexualities, and for children who grew up being molested or sexually assaulted. I was molested when I was young, and three times in one year, I experienced sexual assault when I was in middle school. Then as I was entering into puberty, I found myself highly attracted to boys and girls. So my male friends and I would experiment by pretending to be asleep or simply not even talking about it the next day. I called this dissociative lovemaking. It was the best we could do to hide our queerness for survival, even from ourselves. What this did to me and what this did inside of my body was overcouple thrill with intimacy. This meant that my number one fetish for years and years was thrill. Meeting strangers on rooftops, taboo situations, and being dissociated during sex. It's super easy to classify this just as sex addiction because that's how it presents. But doing so greatly limits the reality of what it is. It is developmental sexual trauma. Any chronic situation that's met with overwhelming amounts of stress hormones and dissociation is a traumatic event to the body. And when our bodies develop in that biology, they become dependent on it. So me scanning the room to pick up on any slight hint that a man wants to be sexual with me was what it was like growing up with homophobia and being bisexual. This hypervigilance, heightened arousal, and obsessive thinking is what we call anxiety or PTSD when it pertains to anything else. If we add some shame to the developmental sexual experience, you have a cocktail of trauma response relating to sex and sexuality that becomes the way you approach sex and relationships. 
I speak about this in hopes to bring some clarity so you can understand why your body seems to be wired this way sexually. The good news is when we practice uncoupling, we can actually develop new associations with sex and release old traumatic ones. We can allow these things to be fetishes still and enjoy them consciously if we want to, but we don't have to solely rely on it as our means to orgasm or feel loved or relate to one another. The amount of feedback I got from this post on Instagram was really moving. And so many people were saying, oh my goodness, this is my experience. This explains everything. I've never heard this before. I finally understand why I feel this way, why I approach sex this way. I find fetish and kink to be very interesting as they relate to trauma. So interesting that they're going to be part of this email series. And I'm going to be closing the series with a webinar that's going to go into this even more deeply to teach the practices of uncoupling. I'll teach this in the email series and I'll teach this in the webinar. But for now, I want us just to notice for a moment how sexual trauma doesn't have to include assault. This experience I just spoke about, even though I, I was molested and I had experienced assault myself, just the other developmental pieces around thrill, around secrecy, around shame, that turns into a developmental sexual trauma, which can then express as sex addiction, porn addiction, fetish, kink, whatever you want to call it. Why I find this so important is our bodies develop in a certain physiology in their response and in their relationship to sex. And then that becomes our preference. I don't mean gay or straight. I mean, um, the way we show up to sex physically. And when it becomes your preference, you think that it's what you want. Sometimes it can be a trauma reenactment still. Other times it can be extremely empowering when it's conscious. But there are times we still move from these places, from these wounds, and we have sex from the wound, and therefore we re-wound, right? We re-traumatize ourselves without even knowing. So I want to explain the series a bit to you. The series itself is kind of a map of understanding uh, sexual trauma. So it's going to, the way it works is every Sunday, it begins, I should say, the date, I guess. Uh, it begins on Sunday, July 2nd. And it ends on Wednesday, July 19th. It is 100% free. All you have to do is click on the link below this podcast, or if you're watching me on YouTube, and sign up on the mailing list to receive the series when it starts. So every Sunday, you'll get an email that will teach you with words, it will be cognitive, you'll learn the philosophy and understanding and practices behind this about what sexual trauma is somatically and how to begin liberating yourself from it. And then every Wednesday through the three weeks, you'll get a video practice where I'm guiding you via video how to do these practices so you can start actually practicing on yourself, with your partner, with friends, with your therapist, however and whoever you want to practice it with. So the first week, we're going to be exploring how sexual trauma isn't only related to assault, but all the different experiences that can happen and, and, and cause sexual trauma to express from them. This isn't to identify everyone as traumatized, even though I think trauma is actually quite natural. So most of us do have a lot of trauma in us, um, but it's to make sense. It's to validate and connect some of the dots of the mysteries around um, why we feel the way we feel sexually. So we'll be exploring what sexual trauma is, how it shows up in the body and what situations can cause it. So we can start releasing some shame and confusion and replace it with understanding. The second email, which is going to go out on Wednesday, July 5th, is all about constriction. 
Our bodies constrict when they're scared and when they're expecting or remembering threat. This is also called an overcoupling, when the body associates something that isn't guaranteed to be a threat with a guaranteed threat. So for instance, if I've had pain around intimacy, like let's say abuse, intimate situations are going to be overcoupled with abuse, betrayal, fear, pain. Even though those relationships aren't inherently abusive, my body's going to expect them to be and it's going to brace. So a lot of us will find during sex in our relationships when we're connecting intimately, the body is so braced and constricted and shutting down. That's a sign you hold sexual trauma and relational trauma. So we're going to learn how to start identifying it sensationally and releasing it, building our capacity for the places that don't need protection. So eventually the body can say, I'm safe. The next one is all about sexual fawning. What do we actually desire? We don't know when we're sexually fawning. I'm going to read two pieces of mine for you that kind of really highlight this quite concisely, because I'm going to teach sexual fawning from two branches. So there's the tree of sexual fawning. I'm going to focus on two branches. One branch is sexual fawning as it relates to sexual assault and trauma. The other one is sexual fawning as it relates to really healthy, safe relationships. So I'm going to start with the latter, actually. Sexual fawning often takes place in safe, long-term, consensual relationships, yet it can still cause you to develop sexual trauma. Now, this is the number one experience I've had with people in my practice around being traumatized sexually. They didn't have molestation. They didn't have assault. They didn't have abuse. They might have had some really unsavory dates, but nothing super... Uh, violating occurred, or even mildly violating occurred. However, as you're about to learn, this is a very common experience in a lot of bodies that with people you love, you can be sexually fawning with them and by doing so, sexually traumatizing your body without even knowing. So this topic of sexual fawning with safe people is highly nuanced, you're all going to have a different feeling and experience and truth around it. Sexual fawning is when we people please via sex and sexuality. This happens quite often on first dates and hookups, even in the workplace, if your boss comes on to you and you want to secure your job. Now, these are the obvious examples. The less obvious ones are the ones that take place in safe, long-term committed relationships. I'm talking decades of sexual fawning under the guise of I want them to be happy or I don't want them to feel unwanted or leave me. This is non-abusive, consensual sex and intimacy that no one is being forced into. Because fawning becomes our personalities, it never turns off. So we don't just fawn by saying, yes, I'll help you with the laundry, or yes, I'll help you paint your house. We also reflexively say yes to sex with our partner. When your partner wants a certain kind of intimacy or style of pleasing, you reflexively do it. Reflexively is the key word here, everybody. No problem pleasing someone the way they want to. Is it in your desire and capacity? Or is it an automatic unconscious response? That's what makes it sexual fawning. Because your body wishes to appease them to maintain security in the relationship. So your partner believes you're into it, and so do you. That's how strong the fawning mechanism is. The fawner believes it just as much as the one experiencing it. Unless you're a trained somatic therapist, or you've done a lot of work with fawning, you can't tell the difference, and we can't even expect other people to. This is so important to me because I've worked with people who have sexual trauma from non-abusive, safe, long-term partners who they love very, very much. This is because any form of reflexive sexual intimacy is inherently 
a boundary violation to the sexual organs and other parts of the body. And repeated boundary violations can become traumas in these places. Right now, feel into your own body as I'm saying this and notice if any of these signs are yours of sexual fawning. Feelings of dread around sex, pain during sex or after, numbing out, not really knowing what you desire, not, experience, not experiencing pleasure yourself yet tending to, not being attracted to your partner even while deeply loving them but still engaging in sex and sexual intimacy. So just feel into that for a moment. Many of you listening, this is going to be what you connect to. And you maybe you had have sexual assault as well. But most of you are going to connect to this because it's super prevalent. And my series is going to dive into helping you identify this and how to not just stop doing it, but transform into a different expression. It's not about stopping. It's really about transforming. So the other form of sexual fawning is really what is designed for in our bodies, the form where it's designed to actually protect you, to save your life when you're being threatened or assaulted by somebody. Sexual fawning is why we don't fight back when we experience sexual trauma. Our bodies are so intelligent, and everything they do is for our survival, including not fighting back. The greatest shame one can experience after sexual assault often comes from this. Our society puts someone who experiences assault on the stand in court and assumes that they didn't experience it because they didn't fight back, that it's not really assault. If a body is strong enough to oppress you sexually, your body knows that its best bet for survival is not to fight or flight, but to sexually fawn. With sexual fawning, our bodies take over and they use the energy that would normally go to fighting or flighting to instead acquiesce. This sounds disempowering, but it's actually quite far from that. It's really brilliant, and we can learn to revere this strategy and help ourselves and others heal from it once we understand it. When your body transmutes itself from fighting to actually pretending to like something, the predator's nervous system de-escalates, which means your chances of survival are much greater. Our bodies can even find pleasure in these moments, which is a godly superpower if you ask me. Not because we like it, but because the body is redirecting how it's using its energy to survive the experience. This is so important because if we can understand the physiology behind sexual fawning, we can say to someone, you didn't yell or fight back because your body knew you wouldn't survive it. We can actually congratulate the person's body for taking over and then help them uncouple the shame of not fighting by honoring what did happen, a life-saving mechanism. Learning this. Learning all this around sexual fawning means liberating our bodies to experience sexuality without the internal wincing of shame, guilt, and disgust that gets attached and overcoupled to our beautiful bodies after sexual trauma. Nothing is more confusing than when you've been violated and you've liked it. And I, it's even those words sound so harsh. Um, when your body has been violated and a part of you felt pleasure. A part of you felt a closeness, a bond, a comfort, um, uh, a, an actual sensational experience that was pleasant. I had that experience. Hundreds of my clients over the years had this experience. And it haunts us because we can't understand cognitively how we could be violated and like it. We think, what's wrong with us? Did I want it? 
Did I like it? Am I in love with that person? And the reality is no to all the above. The body has this brilliant automatic reflex for survival where it can actually go from bracing and screaming to opening and receiving, which would create pleasure so you can survive it. We're going to go into all this so much more in the webinar and in the three-week series. So I'm going to be sending out a video that's about building capacity for pleasure because pleasure, just like I'm saying, can be overcoupled with guilt and shame and disgust. So we're going to learn how to feel pleasure without those attached to it. And then we're also going to be playing with the fetish and the kinks that come out of our body. And some of you hearing that will think, I don't have any fetishes or kinks. All a fetish or a kink really is, is like the one pathway toward orgasm, the one pathway toward arousal. Like this is the one thing that does it for you, whether it's really quote taboo and outrageous or very simple. That's the way your body finds arousal. Some of these fetishes, some of these kinks, they emerge from sexual violations and traumas that are quite painful and violent. And we reenact them in a way to empower ourselves to actually give consent to a situation that we couldn't give consent to before. So I can be with my partner and I can role play something that was actually violating in my history. But with them, it's a reenactment and my body gets to be empowered by consenting to it. Now, when it's that conscious and that embodied, we can actually release trauma through our fetishes and kinks. However, when our fetishes and kinks are being run from our wounds and it's unconscious, we can actually re-traumatize ourselves. So I'm going to be going into all that in the email in the email series as well. And then on Wednesday, July 19th, I'm going to be hosting a 90-minute webinar for $25. It's everyone who buys it gets the replay. And this webinar is going to go into so much. It's titled Sexual Fetish fawning and trauma. And it's about how to uncouple threat from arousal so that we can liberate our vitality. Because when you have sexual trauma, your beautiful arousal gets overcoupled with threat and it shuts down. What's interesting about arousal is it's just a huge amount of life force that comes through our um, sexual zones, the nipples, the genitals, the butt, the ears, like different areas. It's just life force energy coming through. And when that energy is attached to shame or disgust or threat, it gets shut down and the body pushes against it. So to liberate that actually creates vitality. It goes beyond sex. And I'm so excited to be able to share this with everybody. So if this feels like something you could use or someone else could use, please share this episode. Please send people the link. I think the more we can sit with sexual trauma somatically, because it is in the body after all, the quicker we can effectively release it understand it and start helping more people and start preventing more sexual trauma from occurring in our own bodies and in people we relate to. So go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up there. Or you can go, like I said, to any of the links below in this description of this podcast and sign up. I look really forward to hosting this with you. And I thank you for listening today. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions, that's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it, be with it, and let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. 
If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.